Welcome to Branch Out, a connection builders podcast, helping middle market professionals connect, grow, and excel in their careers. Through a series of conversations with leading professionals, we share stories and insights to take your career to the next level. A successful career begins with meaningful connections. Hey everyone, welcome to Branch Out. I'm your host, Alex Drost. Today's guest is Michelle Acavetti, a market leader with Willis Towers Watson. Michelle and I discuss the art of managing up, down, and sideways. Hope you all enjoy. Connect and grow your network. We are on LinkedIn. Search for Connection Builders. Michelle, welcome to Branch Out. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. Really looking forward to it as well. Today, Michelle, you and I are going to talk about managing up, down and sideways. And and I think it's such a relevant topic. And just to give some backdrop for our listeners, you and I had met actually through an event that you were presenting on a similar topic to the Detroit Economic Club. And I I loved a lot of what you had to say. So I wanted to bring you on to the show here and, and have you share some of your thoughts because... I think this is something that we as professionals all deal with in our career. You you have to manage up, down, and sideways throughout your career. And we really want to be able to get some of your insights and some of your thoughts that you've learned during your career. So maybe we start with managing up. What does that mean? What are some of the challenges you've encountered? And how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the first thing we all do, right? When we all start a job, managing up is the first thing we start to think of. We have to impress our bosses. We have to impress, you know... And so there's a couple of things to really think about. You need to understand when you're managing up, you need to understand the person from a couple of different avenues. We had this conversation, we brought a client in to talk to some of our colleagues. And I love the way he phrased this. And he said, you need to think about the person from three different uh, vantage points. As a person, what are they dealing with from a personal perspective? And what are they bringing to the table from a personal perspective? As a role, you know, what is their role and and what are they trying to accomplish and what are they facing within their role? And lastly, as the company. So as they're working for the company, what types of things is the company being faced with that may be pressing down on them that they're not ready for? And I just loved that framework because, you know, it really it really hits all facets. And you really want to think about as you are managing up you know, you're giving them something and and I call it presentation ready, right? Having something presentation ready. Where are they going to take it? What questions are they going to get when they get it? You know, when they pass it on to others, where is it going? And so think that one step ahead to even think about them in the person role and company, you really have to be thinking about things from an empathetic viewpoint, right? You have to try to put yourself in their shoes. Where is it going to go? What are they experiencing? What other challenges or deadlines or things like that are they facing? And and so how do you how do you give them the best you can possibly give them so they can move on? I think you said some really important things there. One again, the the empathy, right? It, it's stepping back, and I think no matter where you're at as a manager, empathy is important. But especially as you're managing up and you're going to someone that is senior to you and bringing something to them or bringing in a request or a suggestion or trying to accomplish something with someone above you. When you are in that situation, having empathy, put yourself in their shoes to think about what you're saying and what you're requesting and what you're asking to be done, because it's all too easy to only see the world through our own eyes, which I'm a big believer. All of us only know the world through our eyes. That's why empathy is so hard for everyone. And empathy, though, is is taking that that second to step back and say, okay, I know it from my perspective, but what if 
I was in their shoes? What if I was them, right? And the point you said there, I love the think about them as a person, think about the role they're in and think about their company. I think that does give some really good framework to, to build that empathy and start to think through that. Now, one challenge that, that I, I've myself experienced and I know many other professionals do, you work for a boss that, for lack of a better way of saying it, is an asshole. And you have to still manage up. How do you deal with that? Well, let's be honest. 99.9% of people on the planet are good, rational human beings. They are. They are. And so, you know, there's the people that you immediately click with and you're like, you know, separated at birth almost, right? And then there's the people that think differently than you, that approach the world differently than you, that have a different attitude than you. Maybe this person is behaving that way because, you know, they're on the verge of losing their job, or maybe they're behaving that way because they've got a really sick kid or a really sick parent. I mean, you don't know what anyone is going through at any, at any point in time. And you just have to, you have to start from the framework that 99.9% of people are good, rational human beings. And you'll find that common ground. I mean, I, I can tell you you know, story after story of challenging relationships. And then you have the aha moment and you're like, oh, well, you know, that makes sense. If you've ever read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he tells a story at one point in the book, you know, this guy got on a bus with four kids and the kids were all over the place. I mean, acting crazy and, you know, and whatever. And a gentleman on the bus is getting very irritated. Like, can't you manage your kids? What's the matter with you? Can't you manage your kids? And so he strikes up a conversation, not accusatory, but it's like, hey, you know, how's it going? And the guy says, I'm sorry. I know we're all over the place, but we're just coming back from the funeral. I just buried my wife. Like, okay, so do you see the world a little differently now? Do you feel bad that you were judging these kids who are all over the place and instantly does your heart open to the guy? Yeah. So there's something there, you know, there's something there. That is one. I, I love Covey's book. It, it's it absolutely must read, I think, for everyone. What you just said and the story that's pointed out there, but just the the general thought that people are generally good people. And I wholeheartedly agree with you, right? And, and especially as I said, you know, we all, we do find ourselves, and myself included, I have worked for, again, for lack of a better term, I have worked for an asshole and I have been the asshole. And what that really is at its fundamental core, as you said, for 99.99% for of people out there, it's because something's going on that's causing them some stress, some outside influence, outside force that is putting them in a negative mental state that is causing them to react in a way that isn't pleasurable for whoever's on the other side of it. It doesn't mean they as a human are a bad human. And when you do reshift that and you step back and really say, how can I try to empathize? And I, I understand that's super hard, especially depending on the role. That can be really, really hard. <laughs> but you have to be able to do that. So well, let's shift gears in this a bit. So, you know, we talk about managing up. And, and I love that, as you said, you've got you've to empathize. You've got to think about what you're trying to accomplish. Put yourself in their shoes. I assume a lot of that applies in managing down. But can you share some thoughts, you know, when, when you're looking and, and now you're in a more senior role and you are the one managing someone how do you think about that? And what are some of the challenges that you've seen there? I mean, first of all, nobody works for you, right? I mean, they, they just don't. We, we are all of free will. You know, I joke about my kids. I mean, I clothe, feed, give them a home. 
They don't have to listen to me. They don't have to. It would be nice, but they don't have to. And so when you think about it, the relationship with people that you're trying to manage down and really not even manage down, people you're trying to develop. I mean, that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to develop them. You're trying to make them, you know, develop them and improve their skills so that they can be you so you can go do something else, right? You're not going to be able to go do something else if you don't have a team who can be you. And if you are doing something else and you don't have a you, you're in big trouble too, right? So you have to start looking at it from a responsibility of development, not managing. And then if you think about it that way, there's two really important facets, right? You have to have trust and you have to be honest. They have to believe that you are on their side and that you would walk through a wall for them. If you want them to do that for you, they have to know you'll do it for them. And you have to be honest. You can't truly develop someone by telling them they're perfect and they do everything right all the time. By definition, we're all growing into new roles and growing means we've got learning to do, right? So you're not helping anybody by saying you're perfect or avoiding those tough conversations or, and and I don't even like to think of them as tough because if you're giving someone feedback and it's coming from a really good place, it's coming from the heart, it's coming from, I'm trying to develop you and, and you know, I'm trying to develop you and we've built that trust. Those aren't hard conversations, right? They're matter of fact. Hey, why don't we try it? You know, why don't we try it this way? Or I mean, I had a client this week say, and I love this framework as he was closing out a meeting. He said, let's talk about what we could do, what could have done better in this process. He said, but as we talk about it, let's use the phrase how to and I wish. So instead of you didn't do this, say, I wish we could have had those materials a few days earlier so I could have read them earlier and had some thoughts together, right? Even just those few little words changes the whole the whole direction, the whole heart of the conversation. And Michelle, you hit on some really important points there. I want to make sure we unpack one. Let's talk about the value of, of the nomenclature that we're using, right? In, in this specific term, we say managing down. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. You don't manage people. You manage problems. You manage tasks. You manage deliverables. You don't manage people. People have to do the work. They, As you said, they don't work for you. As a person sitting in a manager role... It is not your job to force someone to do something because that's not how the world works. That's not how people function. It's your job to create an environment and encourage that person and give them the support to accomplish the goals that are in front of them. Now, part of that, to your exact point, is going to be being in a position of providing feedback, of providing some of that loop of how do I give someone an understanding of where they could have improved so that they can improve in the future. And to your point... I think they do feel like hard conversations. That doesn't mean they should be hard conversations. And that doesn't mean that's the the right framework to go in there from a mental standpoint. But it can be difficult. And I think it can be difficult because the, the other aspect you said, trust. And if you don't have enough trust and in, in time built with someone they immediately may jump to a defensive position because they don't know where you're coming from. Now, that said, knowing that if I'm in a place of leadership and I am, uh, again, not managing down, but rather managing the tasks and working with other people and developing other people, how can I build that trust? What are steps that you can take to genuinely build that trust with the team you're working with? Well, I think it goes back to a lot of the things we said when you're managing up, right? You have to understand a whole person. 
there is some aspect of them that comes to work. There is a whole bigger aspect of them that is outside of work. So you have to understand that. You have to take some time and understand that. And I think you just have to invest time. There is no way around it. You have to invest time and you honestly have to care. You cannot fake. We've all had someone come to you and be like, that wasn't genuine. It's hard to fake caring. It's really hard to fake caring. And when you demonstrate that, when you demonstrate that you've committed some time, that you're willing to give time, our, our most precious gift we can give anyone, and you actually care, trust comes pretty easy, right? And you have to have those honest conversations. If you're perfect and you've done everything right your whole entire life, and you know I don't know why you're not the CEO of this company, it's hard to believe that. I mean, sure, it's nice to hear. It's hard to believe that after a while. It's hard to have true trust in those situations. This is Branch Out, a Connection Builders podcast. I want to dive into the the care and time aspects. I think those are very important. And one, back to the genuine care. You're so right there. You can't fake care. And for anyone listening to this podcast, if you go and you go with someone you're you know that you're working with in your your downline, and you say. Hey, I really care about you. Tell me about how you're doing. And then you pick up your phone and start texting. Do you really care? Are you going in with the mentality of, I heard on a podcast that I'm supposed to say I care. I should go do that. Or in your heart, deep in your heart, are you sitting there saying, I care about other people. I genuinely care about other humans. And I want to know how this person's doing. I want to, Michelle, how are you doing? How in like really wanting to know that, right? Right, exactly. And I mean, let's be honest, there are people where it comes more natural. I mean, again, 99.9% are good, rational people. So we all do care. We show it in different ways, right? I'm an actuary. So, you know, I and I work with a lot of actuaries. We're introverts. We don't want to jump out and share our feelings and, and all of those sorts of things. I get it. But there's a human compassion, there's a human decency, and everyone will find their way of doing this in a different way. It could be an email, it could be, I mean, you'll find the way that is comfortable for you. And maybe sometimes it's a little uncomfortable for you. And that's okay, right? You, you practice it, you have to spend some time, you have to take two minutes before and after the detailed call to ask how you're doing and really listen to know something about the company to hear some news about the company and shoot an email and say, Hey, you know, I saw this. Does it affect you? Are you okay? We talk about during the beginning parts of Corona, we were providing a lot of intellectual capital. We were doing surveys and, and I was getting information to clients. You know, here's what people are doing on pay and benefits and, and everything else. And, you know, the surveys were coming fast and furious. And you sometimes got a response to those emails, but the email that I sent that just said, Hey, I'm just thinking about you. I'm sure it's crazy right now. Just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. You don't even need to respond back, right? I just wanted to say I was thinking of you. I got a response in 35 seconds, right? People were craving that. So it's just time. I couldn't agree with you more. And let's talk on the time component, right? And this is something that I have struggled with. And I think most professionals, most people in life will struggle with. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot. You you have a lot. I mean, Michelle, you shared with me as we're kicking this podcast off, you're trying to take a day of vacation today as we're sitting here recording a podcast, right? There's just a lot of things to do. And that comes down to, we all get 24 hours in the day. I don't care who you are. You get 24 of them. How do you spend them? And it can be very difficult, especially in the moment to say, I'm, I'm just busy. I've just, I've got a list of tasks. I got to get working on those tasks. I just don't have time. I don't have time to sit down and talk to them. 
managers and leaders who do that, they they never build the trust. They never get that long-term trust component built in there. And you know, the foundation of what we're saying, if that trust isn't there, it's going to be really hard to give that honest feedback. It's going to be really hard to to have that team and to develop that team and have people, as you said, want to run through a brick wall with you. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we think time and we have to devote time, I'm going to probably quote a ton of clients because I just feel like I've been so blessed with the people I've come across in my life and personal and career and everything. And one of my clients said, don't let perfect get in the way of good. And and you can think of, well, I want to call this person, but I want to have two hours to talk to them. And I want to spend a half an hour prepping, thinking about what I'm going to talk to them about. Nobody has that kind of time. And yes, there are certain conversations that you have to do that for. But the majority of them, you look at this day and age, how often do you just pick up the phone unscheduled and call someone, right? And when you do, and I'll say it myself, you know, I was driving my son somewhere and I picked up the phone and I called the client. I was like, oh, I wonder if I should have scheduled time to call for, like, we, we don't just pick up the phone and call anymore. And when you do and they can answer, sometimes they can't, right? Obviously they're busy, but they're so happy and so surprised. Like, hey, you know, this was an unplanned call and the whole rest of my life is completely planned. What? How nice is this? It doesn't have to be this drawn out thing. It's tons of little things. It's an instant message. Hey, how you doing today? I mean, that could take three minutes. To, you know, the, this time when you think of time and you think it's hours and hours and it's not. Just pick up the phone, right? Just pick up the phone. You're so right there. What what I will say, I believe it comes down to intentionality. This has to be something that you want to do. It, it is back to being genuine and caring about someone. You have to genuinely say, hey, I care about this person. I'm doing this. Yes, because it's the right thing to do as a, a manager, as a leader. It, it certainly will help you in your career. However, at your core, you're doing that because you care about that other person. And now you're saying, okay, I'm going to build that intentionally into my life and make sure that I'm finding that time to do that. I'm reflecting and saying, have I reached out to so-and-so or have I stayed in touch with people? Am I feeling like I'm able to truly connect with my team and those that I work with or your clients or anyone that, that's in your circle and saying, am I making those connections? Am I showing that that care, giving my time and ultimately building that trust behind it? That's right. So let's shift gears now. We've talked about managing up, managing down, and a lot of similarities. It, it obviously depends a little bit on what your role is and how that looks. But I think that the general themes are very much the same across that. What about managing sideways? If you do nothing else in your career, build relationships with your peers. I mean, I cannot. It is the most important thing you can do in your career. The most. Because if you think about it, as you start to move up in your career, you personally are delivering less and less. You need your teams and you need other teams in your organization to partner with you. And if you don't have those partnerships, if you don't have that support, you can't be successful. And, you know, there was this Harvard Business Review study done. They were looking at executives who were in line to be the CEO and didn't get to be the CEO. And they investigated what were those reasons? Why didn't, you know, you were in the C-suite already. Why didn't you get the final job? Almost one third of the time, it was because they didn't have peer relationships. So one, that's that's a reason. You, you've got to get stuff done. The second is, as you get higher and higher up in your career, fewer and fewer people will tell you the truth. And so you need that core of people. 
who knew you when when you were both, you know, out of college clueless, who can say, hey, you know, I wouldn't have done it that way. And you shouldn't have done it that way. And this could have worked out better if you did A, B, C, or D. And there's so much trust there. And there's so much that you hear it and you appreciate it, but someone shares it with you. And thirdly, you need people in that peer group who think differently than you. We all, we all know what our strengths and weaknesses are, right? I come up with big ideas. And sometimes when it gets down to the details, I'm like, man, I don't care about the details. I better have a detailed person who's right there next to me who can say, okay, I love this big idea. Here's the 25 things I need you to answer so that I can execute this big idea, right? You need people who come at problems from different angles because the people you're serving, your clients, your, you know, internally, whomever, they're coming at it from a different way. And the more varying points of view you can get before you have a conversation, the better off you're going to be. This is Branch Out, bringing you candid conversations with leading middle market professionals. Michelle, I, I think that was one It's phenomenal advice in, in talking about how the most important thing you can do in your career is build that. And when I step back and hearing everything you're saying, we talked about earlier this idea that if you're managing down, you have to have a, a relationship where you can be honest, we have trust with someone and you can be honest with them. That goes both ways. And we all need feedback. You do not improve without feedback. It's simple as that. If, if you didn't need the feedback, you would be perfect and you would have nothing to improve on. And, and none of us are that. And so you have to get that feedback from somewhere into your exact point. As you grow in your career, the more and more senior you become, the harder it is to build that genuine trust with other people. Because one, trust takes time. Building trust takes time to have someone that will really come to you and give you honest feedback and to really be able to say, hey, how can I improve on this? And you're never going to be able to get that unless you start now and you continue to focus on building that. And listen, if you change jobs and you have to start over, I get it. You you're, you have to rebuild that circle and that, that can be a challenge when you move into a new field or a new career. But for people who are at a firm for a duration of time, if you have five, seven, 10, 15 years of working with your peers. And, and yes, there will be turnover. People will come and go, but there will be a core group that you are able to build deep trusting relationships with. They're going to be the ones that can tell you how it is to genuinely tell you what you need to do or how you can improve on things. And again, that's how you get better. That's how you improve on everything. And even if they leave, I mean, I, I have a client that, that was, has been my client. We've never been in the same organization, but we've grown up in our careers together. And we bounce stuff off each other all the time. I mean, all the time. So you need them in your organization because you got to get stuff done. But those peers can stay with you for, for your lifetime. I think that's so true. And, and the last thing I want to hit on, this kind of, I think, ties everything full circle. Whether you're managing up, down, or sideways, it is this realization that everyone is different. Everyone has a different perspective. And those differences of perspectives and opinions and skill sets are needed to be successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not all good at everything. And, you know, I'll take folks on our leadership team. We will go back and forth. You know, I'll call them up. Eh, you're going to have to take this one. This is all you. This is your skill. This is like way over. My brain's going to explode. And, you know, they'll call me up and say the same thing. Hey, I got a tough one here. And, and I'm like, oh, I love that. Right. I mean, play off of each other. So no, I would absolutely say in your career, in your life, everywhere, seek out people who are different than you. Like there is so much to be gained from those relationships. Purposely seek them out. 
so true. And, and what's what's really difficult at times, I think so many of us, again, we we only see the world through our eyes. We we think our way is right. That I think that's a natural human instinct to think that way. And you have to force yourself to make sure you're really stepping back and saying, am I asking for other points of view? Do I have people around me that are different and that that view things different, that act differently? And, and listen, I, I can talk so that you and I have a similar personality style of big picture, go after, you know, come up with the grand idea and run at it and, you know, look into the future and uh, the details, they'll figure themselves out. Well, if there's no one around you looking at the details, you're going to trip over yourself. It's going to happen. No doubt, right? You need to have those people in your life or else you're going to fall flat in your face. And whether that's personally or professionally, they have to be there in your circle. That's right. You can't do it all. You, you can't. Again, we've got the 24 hours, like you said, you, you can't, you need to find people who have different strengths than you. And that's when you can create something that's meaningful. I think that is so well said. And, and Michelle, I really appreciate your time on here today. I think this was a great conversation around management. Obviously, we didn't dig into all of the the gory details around it. But when you really step back and just summarizing everything we said here, you have to have empathy. You have to really look and say, put yourself in someone else's shoes. You have to give time, genuinely care for someone to build trust to get that honest feedback. And then most importantly, you have to recognize everyone is different and you need that diversity of thought and skill set in your career and, and in your life in general. So again, Michelle, really appreciate you coming on here and sharing some of your thoughts. I'm, I'm excited for our listeners to hear this. Thank you. It's a great time. I appreciate being invited. Thank you for tuning in this week. Share this podcast with your professional network to help others connect, grow, and excel. Like what you hear? Leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe now.